We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 34, the show that's right to learn the mysteries of the universe. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft one or two topics at a time, or lots of voiceovers and stuff. My name is Allie, the dreamer that wants to see the Shadowlands scenarios. And I'm joined by the one that goes one, and I'm joined by one who could talk better than me, and uh, wants to go to the Emerald Dream. It's Jin. Not so sure about that tech better part, but uh, I do want to go to the Emerald Dream. I can't remember the last time I went through one of my intros and not messed it up for this show. Hmm. I mess it up all the time, so <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. You know, I was kind of thinking about it, and I think the main reason I want to go to the Emerald Dream is because I just want to be right. That's all. I just want to be right. <laughs> That's all. That's all you want. I don't really so care we, about going to if, the Emerald Dream. I just want to be right. If there's one little like quest that takes us there for Still like counts. five minutes, mm-hmm. you'll be content. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Y'all heard it here first. He will be content. Yep. I will be content. It will count. <laughs> well, in your contentness that has not happened yet, what else have you been up to besides being not content? Not content. <laughs> <laughs> With the you know lack of Emerald Dream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Best transition ever. Goodness. What have I been up to? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what I've been up to. I know what I've been up to. Well, well, everybody, Allie can finally say nothing else. Nothing else because I have finally completed. <laughs> I have finally completed poor old, you know, Night Fae campaign. So the only one I have left, the only one I have left is... Bastion. So I'll, I'll be finishing that one up uh, probably in the next, probably honestly, before we record this next episode. Because yeah, mm-hmm. all done with that. Uh, I see why the uh, I see why my co-host here would like to burn down the dress now. Yep, burn it down with all the fire in the world. Another thing that I'm probably not going to get this expansion, which I'm really sad about because I felt they were all like, "Ooh, the dress, scary." And looking at 9.2 stuff, I don't think that's going to come into play at all, so... And the Jailer's looking awful dusty, yeah. as we talked about, but then it's like, no, we'll deal with that another day during the Cosmo Disco War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the get one. to burn it down eventually. Even if, say it's five years down the road, and for some reason, I life has changed and I cancel my game sub, I will resub to burn that business down. Yeah, that's kind of so. how I joined World of Warcraft. Pretty much, uh, like you, like like to, to burn the business down. Yeah, I, I joined to burn Arthas <laughs> down because someone told gotcha, me gotcha. they were like, "Hey, buddy, would you like to take down Arthas?" And I said, "Yes." And they're like, "Well, you can play World of Warcraft and <laughs> take him down." And I was like, "But there's a sub." And then they're like, "Yeah, yeah, but you can burn down Arthas." I said, "Okay, sounds good." So I signed up. <laughs> so you get it. You get well, it. I do get it. But other than that, I mean, yeah, I'm well. Not other than that. To go along with that, I have created a goal for myself to finish up before 9.2. Totally going to totally gonna happen. And that is get 80 renown with every single uh, uh, covenant. Mm-hmm. So I got some headcanon around this. It's great headcanon. 
you'd like to hear. So yes, I will, yeah, I will sure. explain. So so Necrolord, right? Necrolord life always. Yeah, yep. I'm still running around with my Necrolord, uh, you know, transmog just to show off. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Necrolord, Necrolord here. Not, I'm not actually with you people. I'm not with you people. I'm just visiting you all, getting to know you a bit. Yeah, ambassador, so the, so you're the, the ambassador. Is, you're the ambassador. Well, yeah, sure, the ambassador's fine, but no, really, what's happening is. <laughs> Well, the Primus came back, as we all know, Primus. I'm no longer the interim Primus. And they looked at me and they said, hey there, Jen. Good job being the interim Primus. Good job. Uh, thumbs up. And they decided to say, you know what? You know who does not have their act together? All those other covenants. So we're going to need you, Mr. Interim Primus. Hey now. You know, hey now. as they say, uh, you know, assistant to the Primus. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. Right. It's good. I'm not the assistant Primus. I'm assistant to the Primus. <laughs> to the into the Primus. <laughs> Lower. <laughs> right. Anyway, so uh, so that's that's what's been happening. Is the Primus was like, hey man, they you know you help us out. Yeah, you you, tra- you you straighten up a whole lot of stuff. And those other covenants, they need some help. So I'm um, gonna need you to go hang out with those vampires, clean up their business. Then you can go hang out with those uh, knife A's, see what's going on with there. Possibly burn down the trust. Didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, now uh, after I get to my 80 renown, I will be moving on to the old bastion and helping out with old Bluther, whatever's going on with him in preparation for 9.2, because I think that's going to be important for 9.2. It will be. I do think, and we'll talk about that later. Why, yeah. why it's quite important. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyway, I mean, honestly, that's, that's about it for me. I've just been poking around with all the different covenants. I'm, I'm, I'm in all the covenants now. Well. Just about. <laughs> Just about. Hey, more, okay. more than oh, me. that. <laughs> but anyway, what have you been up to, Allie? Huh? You you in all the covenants yet? No, that requires having enough free time, and I I don't because of another show I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Plus, life's been a bit busy lately and whatnot. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, adulting is silly business, and I'm tired of it. But outside of all that. I did do the Shadowlands Dungeons weekly, but it was a lot of fun because I got to tank some of the dungeons, broke out my, my Death Knight. Uh, I was there gear. for some of that. Yeah, you were. Felt good to actually tank some again. Kind of miss her. And yeah, you were there. Jared jumped into a couple of dungeons at one point. Manny jumped into a couple of dungeons. I basically just rotated out friends that had a couple <laughs> guildies with me. It was a good night. It was a lot of fun, actually. It was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was fun to kind of... Get a chance to hang out with everyone and just do some dungeons and, you know, like I said, d- d- just to, you know, dust off, brush the dust off the uh, the DK because I mained her. Well, between her and my priest back in Legion, it was like kind of 50-50 depending on what the raid needed. And I haven't seriously played my Death Knight since. I, I kept her at level cap and whatnot, but I haven't actually invested time in her. So it felt good to actually like tank on her again and actually do things like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of miss this. It's kind of cool. So that was fun. It's kind of like me and all my olds. They're a level cap. Don't exactly. do anything with them. <laughs> oh, I miss my rogue. I was thinking about my mage the other day and I kind of want to get her up to level in case I do ever get to burn down Drust and actually bring <laughs> fire. Like legit <laughs> fire. Not, not that holy fire. Holy fire. No, like I want fire. Like fire. If heaven forbid... My fighter dies in this campaign. I'm bring, I'm, I'm getting a mage or a wizard or something oh, with fire. Wizard. A thumping good one. Yes. <laughs> yes. A thumping good one. 
uh, it's gonna be fire. Uh, I might have been a pyro in the last life. I don't know. But anyways, um, <laughs> I can't think of anything else. That's pretty much about it. Uh, beyond you know, just doing some raiding. Except we've missed a lot of people here and there, so we haven't really progressed much. And I dip into Corthia once in a while. I did Torghast. But that's about it. Nothing too exciting other than the dungeons. All right. Still, yeah. still sounds like I mean I have fun with the dungeons. So. Yeah, yeah, it's good. good times. Good times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that's uh, it for hey. you. Huh? What's yeah. that? Yeah, we should What's we should on? we should talk about we talk about what we're drinking. No, I don't want to talk about what we're drinking. I want to talk about D and D. I want to talk about D and D. Oh, hey, <laughs> let's talk about D and D. You should do that. You should talk. Oh, you say I mean, things. Honestly, I looking at the calendar here, I'm gonna say, hey, everybody, while you're listening to this, session two has been recorded. So uh, if you weren't there, you missed out. It was a great time. I mean, Allie, was it a great time? Right. It was such a great time. I used my axes so much. I had this so cool much. move where I threw an axe and I saved the day. It's going to happen sometime. If it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen some other time. I was gonna say, if that doesn't we're, happen, we're just, just pretend it did. Maybe that's just, just pretend. <laughs> in, in my head, that's how it goes. It's fine. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> okay. So it was super fun. Uh, yeah. Check it out. Um, yeah. If you want to listen to me, DM and Allie wield axes and, you know, Lance grind coffee beans and, you know, and Berserker, you know, pull out his sword and shield, right? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and, you know, and then and Burkhard, uh, you know, pretending to be nobles and then getting them in trouble. It's fantastic. And then obviously Mr. It's Alley great. being a bird, because uh, being a bird is being a bird. It's awesome, because bird, 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 bird is a With bird. a southern accent. <laughs> yeah, so well, it's, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. So, yeah, if that sounds fun, you can go check it out on Twitch. Push.tv slash Gingerjoint, and you can check out the, the video on YouTube because I'm sure it's going to be there by the time this episode releases. And if you're a Patreon, maybe this is like your warning. Go there now because maybe I already edited this on Saturday. Probably not, but maybe Sunday. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. Well, now we can talk about what we're drinking. Mm -hmm. What the heck is this thing called? So this is courtesy of, of my friend in Gildy who might listen to this. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, this is from Adams, and he is my, one of my, my healing buddies. And he suggested a peppermint bark rum chata, which is delicious on its own, first off. Let me tell you, delicious. But when you add in some fireball, fireball. It, it's a little, it's a little, little spicy. Oh, so little spicy oh, look, with that business. That. No, that didn't work. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> You tease. Now I want a sounder for Fireball, apparently. Oh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. <laughs> what happened? What happened? That's just silly to me. What, what happened? I'm going to fix it. It's going to be so good. You're going to be like, this was the best sounder ever. I will find it. Oh, there it is. I found it. See? Here we go. Here we go. Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was worth it. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what sounder you would have for Fireball, but that was that was good. That's good. I, I <laughs> <laughs> wow. I well played, well played. Anyways, um, you mix the rum chata, peppermint bark rum chata with the oh oh Q Fireball, <laughs> <laughs> and you know throw throw a few ice cubes in there. It's absolutely delicious. And so I bugged Adams this week, and I was like, hey, when should we call this? And he threw out a couple names there, all right. And then he suggested Santa's little helper. Except it's like H-E-L-L, -L, helper, because it's, you know, fire. 
So hell, fire, get it. And I think it's um, Acrix. It's a helper and it has fire. So hell and stuff. And it's um, <laughs> delicious. It works. Does it? Take a drink and go we'll with it. it. It's fine. It, it, does. it tastes good. It does. Take it. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> so you like it? Yeah. I love it. That's what she said. <laughs> Just so you know, everybody, I was waiting until she was taking a drink. It was beautiful. He <laughs> absolutely was. What I really want to do is flip him off, but I didn't. But, um, yeah, that was um, that was timing. He actually like I saw a little bit of mischievous like glint to his eyes, and like now he's gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Yeah, not he gonna he do it. totally did. Oh, I had to wait. I had to wait. It was all about comedic timing, everybody. I mean, yes, yes, it is. I mean, you, you've all seen that episode, right? Where Michael Scott, he's just like, you know, doesn't want to say it. And then he just has to say it. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to hold it in. He's trying really hard to be appropriate. And of course. Got to be appropriate for the Jan. To be appropriate. Right. Silly Jan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, since, since uh, do you, you want to talk about Patreon? I mean, I guess I can. I mean, it could be fun. So, hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Do you like supporting shows that talk about, you know, hobbies and interests that you're also into and things that are very silly about Fireball and things like that? Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself talking back to the host out loud while listening in your car or maybe taking a drink and then suddenly someone plays, uh, that's what she said, and then you uh, almost spit it out? Mm-hmm. Does that ever happen? All right. Well, if you've ever answered yes to any of those questions, stay tuned until the end of the show until you can keep the show and our habits going. Mm. Well done. Yep. It's very, very smooth. Very smooth. Very smooth. Like smooth jazz. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you should. <laughs> I was waiting for some kind of like smooth ja- jazz bumper or something. That was I don't weird. have any smooth jazz anyway, bumpers. Maybe we need some smooth jazz bumpers out. <laughs> there you go. I did one for you. That was beautiful. Beautiful. No. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. Uh, get serious here for a minute. We are going to talk about some ABK stuff because we both feel like that's important to stand with the employees and those who have been wronged and victims and uh you know news keeps pouring in so things so many things i'm gonna try to make this quick uh first off uh jessica jessica gonzalez who has been very vocal on social media blizzard employee uh pretty sure she's one of the leaders of a better abk and that whole movement and everything uh, or at least one of the ringleaders. She has announced that she is moving on to be a senior quality engineer for a financial tech company and is basically getting the heck out of the game development because she had a fantastic opportunity that she couldn't pass up and pretty much for her mental health just needed to get out of it, which I don't blame her one bit, especially because she has been at the forefront of a lot of sharing of the news and um, there's been, you know... Obviously, toxicity has come out of the woodwork to go against her at times and whatnot, because how dare she speak up against, you know, harassment and everything. And uh, she's she's gone through a lot. So I don't blame her one bit. And if you have a good opportunity, you got to take it. So good on her. I'm really proud of her and I wish her all the best. And I don't doubt that a better ABK will still be able to, you know, thrive and push on and fight the good fight. And I know... I don't know. I'm assuming that Jessica will keep doing everything she, everything she can from her, you know, vantage point to continue to help with that fight where she can. I agree. And I am yeah. very much looking forward to uh, her, you know, moving on to bigger and better things because it sounds like the game development uh, 
area, especially for, you know, even senior quality, uh, the QA area is not exactly always the best paying areas. So uh, one of the things they talked about recently was how they're going to pay people in QA better, um, fast track them to actual, you know, employees versus just contractors. So what did they do after that? They fired like, I think, 30-something QA people. Um, A chunk of them were from the Raven Studio, which is still under the Activision umbrella. And that just happened on Friday, if I remember right. And not only did this happen, you know, holiday season, that sucks. Uh, A bunch of them, and I don't have numbers, but a bunch of them had actually, because they were working from home or whatnot, they actually had just uprooted their lives and moved to Wisconsin to be ready to, you know, actually start to work in person because that's where, you know, everything's heading soon. And so they, they made this move and then got fired after they were, you know, led to believe that there's a lot of work to do still. You know, they were, you know, in line to get employment and raises and blah, 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 and got let go. And Blizzard sitting here, not Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, higher ups are sitting here saying, you know, of their contracts were just up and, you know, these things happen, blah, blah, blah. But really considering everything going on and what you're saying about how you're going to take care of your QA people, not a good time to be firing people to help the bottom line. Not a good look. Nope. Not a, not a good look Especially, at all. Especially after you lead them to believe that things are great and they're in good hands. And then they uproot their lives just to be screwed over. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was complete. Another yes. So, yep. Absolutely. So a lot of those employees um, who remain at, as a part of Raven have actually done a walkout uh, yesterday or today or something. This is all, lots of news are coming out. It's all new stuff. Um, other employees uh, from other QA campuses in Austin and I want to say Minnesota and even from Irvine are also joining them in the work in the um, walkout. Some of them are just joining them virtually and um some are saying that they don't know when this particular walkout is going to end for them. So it's um, it's becoming a big thing. Um, and considering how much um, Ubisoft employees have been standing with ABK employees and other game companies starting to get involved, I could see this potentially growing really quickly here. Because I feel like QA is one of those positions across the board that gets um, crapped on a lot and mistreated. It's true. So... Happens in a lot of tech so, industries, honestly, not just game development. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So, and, and that's, I mean, um, a friend of the show, Toasty, uh, Toasty does QA or was doing QA for his company. Um, and, you know, they, they have to go through a lot <laughs> to do appropriate QA. It's not just, you know, having fun and gaming like people thought or like I mainly thought when I was growing up. Um, there's a lot more to it. So, um yeah, so it's about time that they get treated better and actually get treated like Blizzard and Activision just said they were going to be starting their QA, which did not happen. So uh, last but not least, just to kind of quickly move things along. Um, <laughs> I like this story. State treasurers from California, Delaware, Illinois, Massachusetts, Nevada, and Oregon have 
requested a meeting with Activision on December 20th to discuss the company's response to the challenges and investment risk exposures that face Activision. So they have actually expressed concern that Bobby Kotick and you know, his buddies, I mean the board of directors, won't be able to institute cultural change and restore trust with shareholders and employees. So the treasurer from Illinois is calling for sweeping changes in the company. The treasurer from Massachusetts is over there explaining that they've been waiting for the board of directors to step in and do an investigation, but instead, you know, they turn around and support Bobby Kotick with, like we we know and we've talked about. Um, I feel like the one from Oregon actually said something too, but I did not write that down. But either way, um, the reason why these states are involved is that they, they are part of the investments, they're part of the shareholders. And granted, they don't even make up 1% of the Activision Blizzard stock. It's, it's a very small amount. But their whole goal is hoping to put more of a spotlight on this situation, as well as apply some public pressure. And hopefully, they're, they're hoping to bring light to it so that maybe some of the bigger firms that are investing in Activision Blizzard will actually join this fight. Um, Vanguard and... A couple of names I can't think of because I'm not um, financially savvy with stockholders and whatnot. But the, basically the, the bigger um, chunk of the shareholds, shareholders, because if the ones who own more of the stock can actually start getting involved and call out for, you know, action, that puts more pressure on the board of directors and board of directors might be um, starting to sweat a little bit, hopefully, <laughs> and actually do something. Yeah, I 100% agree with all of you uh, just said. Fantastic. Yep. Um, and that, that's a story that I feel, cause there's so much going on between, um, what happened with the Raven studio plus, you know, exciting 9.2 news. I feel like this story kind of, kind of slipped right under the rug. And I just wanted to you know, shed some light on it cause they're, they're trying to do good work. So I, I applaud these state treasurers. Yep. Me too. Yep. Good job. Yep. State treasurers. Yay. Yay. <laughs> but for now I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk about some 9.2 stuff. Yeah, well, before we Are move you? on to that, yeah. before we move on oh, to that, I have, oh, I have two oh. quick things I just want to say. Do it. Hey, everybody. If you want to see a really good time, you should go check out Allie's uh, last stream from Sunday. Oh, so good. Uh, and uh, now I'm looking at my phone because apparently I'm a, I'm a Leafs fan now. I'm a Leafs fan. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice to see that my phone has said that the Leafs have beat the Blue Jackets tonight 5-4. to four, Unlike the other night where they lost to the Jets. So, uh, <laughs> go Leafs. <laughs> That's for you, Toasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. There you go. Now, yeah, we, can, now we can move on. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right, here we go. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, what you, what you talking about? <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so we are getting all sorts of 9.2 info and data mining and whatnot. So we're going to talk about that. We're basically starting to kind of piece together the story in 9.2 based on f- of information we're getting, which means there'll be spoilers ahead. I don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. Lots of earmuffs. You've been warned. It's happening. Seriously. Things are happening. Seriously. Lots of warnings. Lots of warnings. Big lots. warnings. So big warnings. Big, bigger muffs. Uh, we, so we, we've gotten a bit of the first three chapters. You almost looked like you were doing those antlers there. It was great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Wowhead has posted information about the first three chapters um, from TPTR. Great. Not going to go through it step by step. 
but I kind of want to nutshell and run through it a little bit and discuss it a little. I'm sure, once it actually comes out and we have context, we'll talk about it more, but that's down the road. It smells weird, but it tastes good. <laughs> Why are you smelling? <laughs> he's sitting here like, I could tell if he was like waiting to drink or if he was smelling his, no, he's legit just smelling his drink and I don't understand it. Oh, it smell that weird. Glass smells funny. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> <laughs> smells like rum chot and fireball. I don't know your issues. <laughs> Get new soap. Maybe. No, no. <laughs> I don't know what happened. There. It was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> there are reasons why we don't do this show live on Twitch. It's mm, just <laughs> that's the only reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, in this first chapter. Okay, focus now. Uh, we head to the Arbiter Chambers, where Jin's buddy, the Primus, explains that the last sigil is needed to open the portal to Xerath Mortis. And if you remember, the Jailer you know, took that floating ball right out of the Arbiter's chest. That was the Arbiter's sigil. We had no way to get that back. So Talinari, Ka Dalen, and Ka Ser, Cher, Ka Cher, they all come together and form another sigil. This opens a way to Xerath Mortis. We get ready to head over there, with Palagos in tow, which I didn't put in the show notes, we will talk about later. There's some thing out there about how Pelagos might be the new Arbiter, which just baffles me. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm sure this, we're going to have a conversation about that at some point. If not next episode, the episode after. Anyways, um, we go through the portal, Pelagos with us, and then the Moss were and closes the portal right behind us because they you know, start attacking. We actually end up meeting the Mad Scribe himself, you know, Alpharim. Formerly of the Al Cartel, who now is just for him. And it sounds like he found this great realm of knowledge and wonder and tranquility. And then the moths were attacked, and Frim, you know, wants to drive them away. So Frim also confirms that the secrets of the cosmos lie within the sepulchre. So we get introduced to the Atoma, and we help Frim with some research and defend the city of Haven from the Mosshorn. Until Zaval shows up and tells the Mosshorn that he already has what he needs. Then we attune to the Waystone, get back to Orbos and gather the troops and whatnot. Also, according to Elder Ara of Haven, the first ones placed Waystones in crucial locations where they would one day be needed. The Waystones would respond only to certain living mortals, the ones destined to save the realms of death, the Mawalkers. If it's the will of the first ones, this waystone will open to you, mortal. So I'm going to reverse my questions here. The first ones knew ahead of time where the waystones would be needed and that the realms of death would need saving. Yeah, I was thinking what? the same thing. Like, what? How do they know these things? I don't know. Apparently the first ones knew that the Shadowlands would need defending from the good of Cosmos. So they created Maldraxxus. I don't know. I'm I'm missing some context here because they're like, hey, there's gonna be some stuff. It's like it's like check it out, check it out. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna create we're gonna create the eternal ones, and then we're also gonna create one who's gonna betray us. Okay, why didn't you just create one that didn't betray you? Shh, part of the plan. Okay, <laughs> it's part of, don't think about it. It's part of the plan. Right. <laughs> okay, but he's gonna betray us. But then the other four are gonna lock him. Over here in the bad place, right? You know, the default place, the place where everything, everybody goes to, uh, if you, if you break the thing. Okay. Why'd you, why'd you do that? Shh, shh, stop thinking. It's fine. Stop <laughs> using logic. Okay. Okay. No, it's fine. Uh, and then you're, you're going to put up these waystones. 
little little ways out, right? They're going to respond to certain mortals in the realms of death. Yes. Wait. Wait. Like 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 mortal souls? No. 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 no like like they've they've come from the from the land of the living, right? Land of the living. What? That's weird. Mm. Not the Emerald Dream. Like reality. Azeroth. Yeah. What's well, Azeroth? They're still living. Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's later. Quiet, Libby. She gets it. It's very it's very confusing. She gets it. Yeah. Anyway. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to put these here to save the, the realms. What? <laughs> I don't know. Every single time any kind of fantasy game or I don't know, like even any kind of mythology is like, there's a prophecy and there's a thing. I'm like, why didn't you just do it the other way? They had to do it this way. That's my thought. <laughs> right. Like, like on one hand, it's a thought of why did you create things that would be in conflict? Why can't we just have peace? And on the other hand, maybe it's one of those concepts where they created things and gave them free will and knew that they'd screw things up and be at war. So they had a plan for that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just, I just what? like so it's like this is where I get to get a little like my little, little hung up is called. OK, you had the forethought to know that you were going to screw up, but you couldn't just fix it in the first place. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Okay. There's a contingency plan, right? Yeah. Contingency plan. Not a prophecy. Contingency plan. Okay. <laughs> Good job. So, yeah, that's... That'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> I hope one day we actually meet the first ones. Like, I, I legit want to meet these I feel like things. they're going to be like, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just trying things. <laughs> right? Like, I've, I'm, I'm imagining there's going to be a bunch of fools when we meet them. Anyway, speaking of fools, what did the jailer mean when he said he already has what he needs? I don't know, Anduin? You think he's talking about maybe Anduin? Could it be like the key to the sepulchre? Maybe it's that oracle thing or whatever. I don't know. Maybe the oracle thing? I think it's the oracle, probably. That oracle that seems That would make important. sense. It does, it does. The oracle that yeah. I can never pronounce their actual name, the Dilagin how you doing? Dalajini. <laughs> Chinny chin chin? What? <laughs> That's what that sounded like. <laughs> hey, I kind of did something. I don't like even it. know. I don't know. <laughs> you did, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, do you, we got lots to get to, so do you have any more thoughts on this chapter? No, I'm just... Mm, good job, first ones. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, and again, this is all new information. We don't have all the context. This is just... This is just PTR and data mining we're talking about today. So who knows? Right. So in the second chapter, we actually hang out with Chandris and do some scouting of the Forge of Afterlives. It's surrounded by the Mossworn, surprise, and the Nathrazim, who are working to gain access to it. But it sounds like we kick their ass and run into troubles when the Nathrazim were, you know, up to their old tricks, disguising themselves as members of the Ebon Blade. <gasps> right? Then we find out that a dreadlord has been disguising themselves as us. <laughs> yeah, I like this one. This is actually good. <laughs> yes. And they're causing shenanigans, making everyone mad at us. I'll give you one guess as to which dreadlord is up to no good. Hey, I'll just remind you, everybody. So remember back in like Council of Beers Fall, like two or something like that, where Ali was like, hey, buddy. There's a dreadlord. We ain't seen shit from him. 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should drink a lot in this episode. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's entirely happen. possible. <laughs> Malganis. I'm on Malganis watch. Putting it right here now. It's Malganis. He's doing some more shenanigans yep. because that's what Malganis Surprise. does. That's why we like Malganis around here. Yeah. Yeah. It was super funny, um, too. I just got to say, I, I'm just going to throw this in here. <laughs> Friggin' hilarious. Because I, I see you don't have any notes. Malganis is like, Go for it. do you know why I chose to be you? Because these guys are idiots and they'll do anything you say. <laughs> that's right. He does say that. That line does happen. Yep, that's the thing. Yeah, he's basically calling you out as like, yeah, you're the chosen one. So why not be the chosen one? And everyone's like, sure, Peep said it or she said it. Let's do it. Yeah, everyone ends up getting like really pissed off at us because of all these things that, you know, Malganis is doing as us. I'm really excited to play through this because I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Me too. Uh, da, 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 da. So Bane and Jaina show up to drive him away. And it's interesting because after all the, you know, quote unquote, Jaina is a dreadlord conspiracies that happened back in the day. To see Malganis address her in this moment, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. He's like, Lady Proudmore. And um, I don't actually have a voice line for that, but that's just how it is in my head. But he actually addresses her in an interesting way and is like, oh, Lady Proudmore. Uh, moving on, though. Jailer and Anduin activate the forge, which opens the way to Sepulchre, the first ones. Also, apparently, Jaina feels the faintest familiar presence in Anduin's sword. <gasps> hmm, who could that be? It's your old boyfriend. Could, could it be Arthas? <gasps> no, it's your old boyfriend, Kael'thas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Man, that stupid blue dragon. Something Gosa. Alagos? <laughs> Did you... Did you just mix up Caligos and... They got all... Hey, they were Kael'thas? hanging out together for a while. Caligos and Caligos. How much Fireball did you put in your drink? So much. <laughs> so much. Apparently. I get it. Um, I, 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 hey, if you listen to the latest episode of LFR, which I was on, uh, I mixed up Muradin and Magni right off the bat. So just... And that was 8 a.m. in the morning. I was drinking coffee. So I'm just bad at names. Some... Admittedly, I have not had a chance to listen to that yet, but it's actually on my listen to listen to tomorrow on my drive. So um, I got some I weird looks when I was like, Magni, Magni, Magni. And it was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, oh, so I'll be prepared, oh. be prepared to laugh at you, Toronto. Okay, that's good. good. Sorry. <laughs> my yeah. goodness. Caligos. Well, any more. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's in the sword. <laughs> yes, Arthas is in the sword. Surprise. We all kind of knew that at this point. By now, in the beginning, we weren't so sure. He was always on the list of possibilities. But as this expansion has gone on, it's kind of become more and more apparent that it's it's got to be Arthas. Yes. I'm shaking my head. Do you yes. have any more thoughts on this chapter? No, no, I just like that. My God, shenanigans is the best. <laughs> shenanigans. I'm I'm really curious. So here's a just a hypothetical mm-hmm. hypothetical. If in this realm of Xerath Mortis. If we kill a Dreadlord, do they go... Are they dead dead? Uh... Yeah. Yeah, they should be. They should be. Okay. Are Noted. they dead dead? Noted. I, I don't know. I don't know. You'd think they would be, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm voting yes. We'll have to see. Because, you know, as they say, you know, as a double dead, right? If you're, if you're double dead, yeah, there's nowhere else to go. So there you go. Right, right. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm voting yes. Maybe the, f- maybe the first ones will come and just squash them like a bug. Maybe. 
Anyways, onward to chapter three. <laughs> Here we realize that the jailer has sealed the sepulcher behind him. Oh no. This is also when we start learning about the musical voice and how to decipher it, which I am super excited about, by the way. Uh, but while getting busy with while getting busy with Pelagos and some devourers, we found an Oracle Automa, and she falls unconscious. We set to work on waking her up. We also find out that the enlightened ones are not supposed to meddle with the intent and creations of the first ones, lest they face exile. <gasps> oh no, that's terrible. Which is interesting. If I remember, aren't the enlightened ones the ones that we actually work with, like as a rep? Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. the uh, yeah. former okay. brokers that are now brokers, but yeah. with a purpose. Apparently. Uh, so eventually, after finding, uh, kind of reminds me his of the hideout. Prime, prime designate. Oh, for him. Don't mess with it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we find Frim's health uh, hideout and we convince him to help us with the Oracle and to start understanding the language, which again, I'm super excited about that whole concept. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Me too. The language is really funny in uh, the PTR right now, apparently. I saw a couple screenshots where they're like, add real note here. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got I think they, they're going to have to get more and more creative if they don't want to start things we data mine. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this chapter? No, not on this one. I'm just looking forward Nothing. to to plan through it. I, so I'm just I'm just saying I actually got the PTR installed right now. As soon as I hit 80 rep on all of them, I might be dabbling. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> dabbling. That's such a great word. I was hoping to, but I don't know if I'm gonna get a chance. I might just wait for it to come live. We'll see. We'll see when the release date is and how far out and how stir crazy I get for nine point two. Maybe next episode will be like, live from the PTR. Bah, bah, bah. It's Jin. It could happen. You never know. If that happens, I expect a bumper to reflect that little. Yeah, um, sure. I'll totally do it. Interlude there. Hey, you know how we uh, we interviewed Garage? Maybe I'll do a live reporting live from the PTR. <laughs> it needs to be like a news flash and then dramatic like news flash music bumper kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this sounds good. Let's just do it. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Next episode, we'll do it. Live from the PTR. All right, noted. All right. Uh, So (laughs) moving on, because otherwise we're just going to start talking about that for a while. That's what we do. Um, We actually have a cinematic and some voice lines and whatnot to share with you. Oh, my gosh. I don't have an exact timeline of what happens in what chapter of the story. It's just kind of what data miners and PTR just kind of chucks at us. So I'm going through them as... I put them in the show notes. Uh, so we'll share them, and it's going to be a good time. I put a couple of them in the order I think they're going to be, but then as I started digging into a couple of them, I'm like, oh, they might come later. I don't know. So they're just they're just here. It's I'm fine. Throw them at your face as they got them, okay? All right. Open your ear holes, everybody. Basically. They're coming. <laughs> the only difference is that the cinematic I just got tonight, so I did put that first because that's where... I think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of the cinematic, uh, we got a cinematic today. Yay. Yay. You know, I, I'm sitting there, just got done with dinner. I'm getting ready to come up here and finish up show notes before we record. And then bam, cinematic. Except it's on MMO, MMO Champion. And I actually only knew about it because Taryn Gregory tweeted about it. He explained that this was purposefully left in or put into the PTR so that testers could understand kind of what was happening with the story. Especially with, you know, Sylvanas. This is a Sylvanas cinematic. We're going to listen to it together right now. And we can talk about it. And in it, we see Ranger General Sylvanas. 
who seems to be tortured by the atrocities that she has committed and is basically being forced to relive them. She has a conversation with herself. There's a whole thing. There's a little bit to digest. So we're just going to play it and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, well, before we before we actually play it, I just got to say, hey, everybody, if you haven't actually seen it, you should absolutely watch it because I was I was I was impressed by the animation. So just just look. Yeah, they did it. Well, a little something different this one. It was it was pretty good. It was very good. Yeah. So let's let's listen. Yeah. Sylvanus's soul has been fractured from the moment of her death until now. Burn it! This was their home. And you slaughtered all of them! How could you take all those innocent lives? This was beyond life and death. There was no other path to true freedom. How can you not see that? I see what you are. Murderer! Monster! Butcher! Why can I not escape this torment? The Jailer has severed their bond and condemned her to endlessly relive her atrocities. So long as her soul remains divided, she cannot wake. Maybe she shouldn't. She's the only one who knows the Jailer's plan and how we might save Anduin. She's the one that turned Jaina is right. How can we possibly trust her? Her wound runs so much deeper than mine. General. What is this? Who are you? Someone who shared your fate, felled by the blade of the very same prince. Arthas. I died trying to stop that monster, only to wake up haunted by one with my face. That Banshee is you. No, I cannot accept that. Her path began where yours ended, and you've seen the decisions she made. Never in a thousand lifetimes would I betray everything I stood for. You can't possibly understand. Jailer is deceptively cunning. When I realized I had become his pawn, it nearly destroyed me. He had no doubts it would destroy you as well. Was he right? Or will you accept her shattered legacy and tell us how to stop him? 
her crimes are unforgivable. Yes. And she... I must face the consequences. We cannot change the past. And we may never find forgiveness in the future. But inaction damns us all. Time is short, Ranger General. Make your choice. She opened her eyes, by the way. <laughs> yes. So a couple of things since this, I was, that was just audio. The the conversation between Uther and Ranger General Sylvanas happened when Sylvanas, as we know her, was basically in a coma, from my understanding. And something I definitely want to talk with you about here is he puts her fingers on his own wound and that he is able to actually see her she can see him and they can talk to each other and that's when we get that whole conversation between the two of them yeah like is that a bashing thing like how is it that he was able to just put her fingers to his wound and they were able to have this conversation in each other's minds or whatever so with like if we're gonna play along with this and try and you know piece together and find the logic here uh i'm gonna go ahead and say Probably had to do number one with both of their quote unquote happy dappy intact souls were kind of dealt the same blow kind of thing. Right. right. So that that's how there was the connection. Same weapon there, even. Right. Yeah. And then the fact that he touched her phalanges to his uh, wound is reminiscent of what Devos uh, did when, when Devos Went, right. Boop, boop, right. And then she witnessed. She got to see his memories. Mm-hmm. But she didn't go like talk to like Uther in those memories. She just witnessed them. Whereas this time, you know, he did that to Svana's, you know, and you know, yeah. put her fingers on his wound, and they were able to actually have a full blown conversation. Yeah, and I'll I'll just say probably a lot of that was probably part of Bastion. Uh or at the very least, right. a lot of the atonement and the Uther trying to figure himself out because you know he was he was originally uh part of the the forsworn right and then he right. kind of you know was, you know even he even mentioned in the cutscene where he's like when i was made a part of the jailer's pawn right yeah he realized yeah. that he had been tricked unknowingly and in devos was kind of tricked in in a bit of a sense too like she went down a horribly dark path too and it was all kind of the jailer's doing yeah wasn't necessarily part of his plan but it happened <laughs> right um so yeah to, to really say why exactly that happened uh, it's a fantasy game I'm just say magic right I mean I can kind of see the writers basically saying that they're both from Azeroth and the, both their wounds are from the same weapon so they have a connection and they can do that mm -hmm. yeah now the one thing that I kind of took away from this cutscene is that I feel like there is one contingent 
one small contingent uh, of players that may be pretty upset with the way that this cutscene played out. And that was the contingent of Sylvanas was right all along. So I feel like that's where, because as you can see, there's the inner turmoil of the kind of... Right. Not necessarily the two Sylvanases, but I'll say... I guess the, the what they're kind of trying to play with is the the kind of uh, rational, logical, like living side of herself, and then the Sylvanas, the vengeful, the angry, the you know, I don't exactly know what other words to throw in there, but you know, just the angry, angry Sylvanas, right, right, are kind of mm, kind of butting heads internally, and the funny thing is, is I that. You can see that what what's going on is like okay when this kind of come, this is a kind of like a recent obviously you know thing that came about because this is right after the sanctum of domination when he was like oh I found a soul and he threw it back into Sylvanas and that's what Uther is talking about where she's been forced to relive all of the bad stuff so she just keeps reliving it reliving it so that's the first thing that I kind of took away was you know because I. I've heard a lot of people, big fans of Sylvanas, they're like, no, 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 she's going to be proven right all along. That's not what's going on here. <laughs> I'm just going to no. let you know. <laughs> um, and then the, I think the the next thing I noticed is they're also kind of in an impressive feat. In an impressive feat. They're also, because the, the, the soul fragment that was put back into her is having to relive all this kind of stuff. All right, because you know this is the this is the Sylvanas that Arthas killed, right? Yes, she didn't yes. go through all of everything. No classic, no no burning crusade, no wrath, no mists. Right? She's been dead since Warcraft three, and then she got tossed into this body, and then she's like, "Whoa, this isn't right." <laughs> so that's what she's been going through the, the since she collapsed and went into the coma, right? So. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I what I'm seeing here, and it's really interesting to think that they're and, you know and because that's one of the things that had um, Uther had said when Arthas struck me down, Frostmourne shattered my soul, but it was not divided into one part that was noble and another that was cruel. Rather, it was as if a portion of my consciousness remained frozen in time while the rest of my soul carried on. Yeah, so Sylvanas was in control of herself. She just wasn't her whole self is what they're basically alluding to here because this part of her disagrees with a whole bunch of the actions yes. that Sylvanas has taken, particularly recently. I'll, I'll, put, it, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Since the beginning of BFA is what they're focusing in on. Um, the burning of the tree. Yeah, it's primarily what they're, yeah, what they're, yeah. what they're going with. Right. And, and I don't know. Like, I... The, I don't know. Like, I'll just, I'll just ask you, what is your take on how they're? I'm not gonna where they're going with this story. I'm still fully processing how I feel about this because I like to get the full context before I fully judge it. Having said that, a couple things I notice is a the jailer tossed her out like a tool, just like he did with Daddy D. Just like we all kind of, at least a few of us had a feeling that he was going to eventually that she was just a tool to him. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. this one as 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 Bolvar said in the beginning that he just left her there to deal with her 
memory and be tortured by it. Um, the the writing on this, they're the they use very specific verbiage. Like they refer to the banshee, like Sylvanas refers to the banshee, and I think Uther does at one point too, as yes. as a separate person, you know, a separate entity. Um, also, she acknowledged that, and she said her crimes are unforgivable. But she said her, but then she also said like, eventually switched to, like mine. Like you can see, she's processing, realizing like her crimes are unforgivable. Like, oh, sorry. So this is Ranger General version of her speaking, right? And she's like, her crimes are unforgivable, you know, speaking about um, Banshee Savannah and then Savannah that burned the tree. But then realized that that is who, you know, part of her has become. And therefore she herself has to face the consequences. Like yeah. the, if you go through and listen to it and, and, and watch it, like that they were very, I feel like they were very particular about the verbiage to use and some of these lines. Yeah. And Which, and, and we'll get into this more in a little bit too with some of the other things that happens with Sylvanas during this, but um, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely agree because it sounded like the way she was, the way Uther was basically saying, you need to accept this because what he is alluding to is, okay, maybe you weren't there. Okay, you were a fragment you know, the blade, blah, 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 right? That was still you. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what he's still uh, kind of really trying to allude to yeah. is that whatever was in you that had you do all those things was there all along, right? So it's not like it wasn't you because, right, in the in the cutscene, she's like, even in a thousand lifetimes, blah, 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 I never would have just betrayed everything, ever, you know, everything that I ever stood for. And Uther's kind of saying, like, really? You, 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 were you there? Because you don't know what she went through. This is, you're having to relive through the worst of it, but you didn't see everything that led up to it, right? So, and, he, and, and he's definitely not, I mean, obviously you can listen to it, and, and Uther's, he's not giving her, he's just saying, like, ah, nah, she's fine, right? No, it was very much like, hey, that whatever the banshee did was you right so you're gonna have to live up to it and accept it because like you said you can't change the past and it's it's very interesting too especially when you hear all the other uh, leaders like bane where bane's like uh so we're just gonna like uh kill her right and then jane is like yeah we're gonna kill her right and thrall's like (laughs) right yeah yeah i think we are (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what we're doing (laughs) <laughs> but you're right though. I mean, Uther, you could tell that he is very carefully trying to help her face the facts of her current reality. Yeah, and I, th- I think and they're yeah, it's they're, crazy. they're really playing on on that a little bit because Uther was like something like her torment or her her wound is like goes way deeper than mine. Because Uther was like, I'm, I'm Mossworn. Yeah. Or not actually Mossworn. He was for the Forsworn. He never made it to Mossworn, uh, Ville. But, you know, he got played. He threw Arthas into the maw. Blah, 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 blah. Right? All that. And he's basically saying, like, yeah, I screwed up. I played right into his hand. So did you. <laughs> and I think that's... Right, I mean, if... if go, go ahead. I was just saying, I... I, I I think that's what he was trying to get get at is like he's like 
yeah, I've been there. You had it worse than me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like play that down. You had it worse than me, but it's kind of the same thing, right? Like it's, it's the same thing, and even by the same blade. But I think you know he's acknowledging that. I mean, if you compare what has happened to him when he was stabbed with Frostmourne versus when she was. She got turned into a banshee and tortured and all this and everything that she did as, you know, war chief and leader of the Forsaken and all this and burning of the tree. Like he was stabbed with it. Yeah. And then, yeah, he dumped Arthas. But like that was all in the afterlives with like Bastion and stuff. She lived, lived on and did things and tried to kill herself by jumping off of Ice Crown and just so many things. It's just, I, I think it makes sense that hers goes deeper. Yeah. And there's, there's two, two big things that I hope that we learn more about. One is like you just mentioned, threw herself off Ice Crown, supposedly where a lot of this jailer business supposedly came from originally from the edge of night short story. This is right. This is where some of the senior, senior psychopaths where, like, if you think about it, where, I mean, the jailer totally had the upper hand if you're, if you're going to, like, say. Oh, yeah. And give, give her the options of stay here in the maw or I send you back and you serve me. Right. And I will never serve. Right. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> right. that whole thing. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's that's kind of the, the thing. I, I want to learn more about that. That's that's the big thing that. Yeah. That totally. we're, I feel like we were. Not necessarily promised, but at least hinted at. I want to know more. That, that's that's that that right there. That's what I'm really interested in. And then the next thing that I would be really interested to to find out more about is specifically we had the folk in the fairy tale when Verisa went and saw right. the, the 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 sliver of of Solanus's soul. Are we going to see? Any of the ramifications of that, like, or is that was that just a hint? Oh, I hope that they, so. That they threw into the folk and fairy tale, because I feel like we got a little bit of a hint in this when Uther even said, "Right, the jailer has kind of like completely severed her soul." Right, and and you're like, "Oh, that the jailer completely severed her soul." It's like, okay, when would he have done that? Right, because. He even was like, uh, smash crystal, bam, threw back into her, right? I don't know. I feel like if anything where that completely severed bit of soul could have happened is from the folk and fairy tale when the jailer smashy smashied Solanus' soul, right? Right. Right. And then that whole thing where it's like, uh, I'm teaching you a lesson kind of thing where it's like, you know, you know, you know family and, and friends, they always they always betray you in the end. But, you know, now that we see a little bit more of the, the jailer and supposedly his siblings, the, the other internal ones, they betrayed him. I'm pretty sure that's where they were going at. Yeah. I'm hoping they they get more into that. That's that's those are those are the two areas. Edge of Night, Folk and Fairy Tale. That's what I want to see a little bit more of, of how this story kind of all ties together. And if they do it as a game, they better freaking do it in the novel. <laughs> I, I would imagine that it will be addressed at one point in time or another. I really hope so, because I feel like there's a lot of people wondering about these things. Because, I mean, Edge of Night was written when, and we're still talking about it, like even more so recently. So Right before I Cataclysm like came out. Exactly. Like, it's something that's it's got to be addressed now that we know so much more about the Maw and the Mossworn and the Jailer and all these things, you know? So... I hope so. Me too. 
Well, well, unless you have anything else. I probably could talk more about that, but we got some more voice lines to get to, so let's get, let's get to those. We do. There's some there's some stuff I wanna I'm excited about talking about some stuff here. Okay, we got more voiceover from Sylvanas. And this is Data Mind Lines from her. And at this point, so she's out of her coma and she's back into her gear. And she's got the blue eyes, right? And she must be looking back on her life or something, because she and us players are looking at visions of Arthas from the day he killed her. And we're basically learning that she was not fully in control of herself in the past, but eventually she did regain control. She eventually started to realize that the jailer was what the jailer was doing. And that's why and when she shot him with the arrow. You know, the one I kind of mocked her for, because what was she going to do with that arrow, really? Seriously. But anyways, here is that data mind voice line. Okay, here it is. I don't remember the exact moment I rested control. I do remember the rush of freedom. The clarity of purpose. When I loosed my arrow, I sought to become his judge and his executioner. I thought that if I could punish him for his crimes, I would be absolved of mine. Forgiven for the atrocities he forced me to commit against my own people. But there would be no justice that day. For anyone that is yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, data mining gave us the audio before giving us the video that goes with it. And some of the community thought that she was talking about the arrow she shot at Arthas in Warcraft 3. But considering the end of the clip and what she says, plus we're learning about her through PTR and everything with that. Chances are she's talking about the arrow she shot into the jailer. I hope what not. What do you think? <laughs> I hope she's talking you about Arthas. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, fair. I see what you say. But, like, if there's no justice that day, technically we killed Arthas. So justice, which makes me think that she's talking about the justice that still needs to be done towards the jailer. I mean, there's lots of justice to be done still, but I don't know. True. The- Either way, I'll put it this way. If she was talking about Arthas, there's a whole lot of parallels with the Jailer. If she's talking about yes. the Jailer, there's a whole lot of parallels whole with lot of Arthas. Parallels with Arthas. Yep. Because yep, yep. if you really look at it, it could be either one. That's why we're like going. And I don't know. I can see where, you know, going back to the first clip where we were talking about, oh, she wasn't totally in control of herself. That's not entirely true. She was in control of herself. She just wasn't, I don't know, her compassionate side was gone. <laughs> so she was in control of herself because you can't really say that the jailer had her under complete control. Arthas did have her under complete control when she was in Banshee form, right? She, and, and that's the other thing where she's like, where she said, 
all the atrocities I committed against my own people. Right? She did do a whole lot of atrocities against, you know, the people, because I actually just kind of recently played through Warcraft 3 on the in the thing, and I used cheat codes because, you know, Warcraft 3 Reforged, not that great of a game. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, she basically had to do a whole bunch of bad stuff to help Arthas, you know, storm into um, Silvermoon City and raise Kalthazan. Like, she was actually murdering, you know, high elves at the time before they were blood elves. Okay? She was killing a whole bunch of them. So that's where where she says, the atrocities I was meant to do against my own people. If you're talking about right. the tree she burnt, that's not really her own people unless you go way back and it's well, really no. confusing. Technically, they are her own people, but like... This is all like 10,000 years removed, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But I mean, you're, you're true. You're, you're true. <laughs> I'm true. And like I said, like in, in this, in this, when she's saying these things, like she's looking at visions of Arthas and of Kelthazad actually too. But I think, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I think at some point in her conversation, she makes a switch to the jailer and specifically the arrow. Mm-hmm. I think she's talking about the arrow to the jailer. Yeah, but I think I think a lot of it is referring to Arthas, though, for sure. Yeah, and honestly, it could be both. I, I think yeah. that may actually be where the parallels are there. Like I said, that that actually could be what's going on is that she's talking about Arthas and the Jailer at the same time, where it's like because yeah. I don't really know the moment I rested control. Hey, Savannah, if you're talking about the Jailer, I'm pretty sure you know the exact moment you rested control. It's when you said, "I will never serve." <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's when you did it. True. Because I got my AOTC. You're a big fat jerk on that fight. And it it's a giant jerk of a fight. I'm just going to put it that way, Sylvanas. <laughs> you're a jerk. Um, and I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you knew yeah, you were like doing the freaking rive and then doing the doing the and then like all the stuff and then the banshee in the darkness and oh my God, I'm running and moving this stuff. It, it's insane. Okay, and then, and then suddenly you fly <laughs> over to the jailer and you're like, whoa, what's going on, jailer buddy? And he's like, rah, 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 doing his little like, like armor thing. <laughs> and then she's like, oh. <laughs> and then, then, then the jailer says, <laughs> no, no, what he says, you need subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I feel so bad every single time I play a jailer clip in this podcast. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm apologize for the jailer. You, no one can understand him, especially if you live, listen on 1.5 speed. You'll never understand him. Anyway, so he says something. And then Sylvana says, I will never serve. I will never serve. So there you go. That's when that is when you rested control because he said something about serving. Eh, and then we moved on. And then we moved on. All right. So, so two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two things. First off. Dear listeners, right now in this moment, given everything he just said, can you imagine Jin as a raid leader? I used that would to do be it. Really entertaining. <laughs> I know you used to do it, which is why I say this because right now in this moment, I'm picturing that kind of description, but to put towards a boss, and I love it. It's fantastic. But otherwise, you know, beyond that, I think you're right in that. I don't think the jailer had full control over her because if you think about it. I don't see the jailer being okay with her relationship, whatever it was, with Nathanos. Yeah. Because family, friends, you know, they're all going to betray you. 
Mm-hmm. And um, in that moment when she has we, we, the the pocket watch, the compass. Why do I always call it a pocket watch? I don't know. The compass. When remember Andrew drops the compass and yeah. we could see it, you know, because it was Varian's compass, right? And we see the whole cutscene where Sylvanas is talking to Anduin. That conversation and that mm-hmm. frankness wouldn't have happened if the jailer had full control over her. So you're onto something with that for sure. Yeah, and then then on top of it, like if we if we just go re- rewind back to one of my fun episodes of episode nine, where it's like you know debate club with Jin, right? Where right, <laughs> you know, where we're talking about. You know, Sylvanas, and she's like, do we have free will? I don't think we have free will, right? The whole concept of free will, and then she's talking with Anduin, and all that. To me, if you're thinking just Jailer, the Jailer would have been like, shut up with your debate club and just freaking get it done. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, so so there was a there was obviously a moment there where, where Sylvanas, as in the Banshee, as it was referred to in the cutscene, right, she was on board with the plan. You know, she was like, yeah, good, good times, right? She thought that was pretty awesome. Like, whatever his plan was, I mean, I'm just saying, he, he must have had a hell of a PowerPoint, great pitch or something, because you know, Anduin, Mr. 18, 19-year-old, just like literally, like in two seconds, like tears her whole argument down by saying, look around you, you moron. <laughs> you see who you've allied yourself with? And she's like, shit. <laughs> Oops. Anyway, that's kind of my whole thing is that she's like, she is very much, you know, team jailer, right? Up until I will never serve. Right. I mean, I don't know. Right. I mean, I, you know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes we as content creators, sometimes I have trigger warnings, right? Apparently the jailer didn't have his trigger warning and they said, serve, forgot, forgot that that was your trigger. And then, yeah, oops, doodle. <laughs> I don't know. Yep, sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just have to see because there's the, the a couple pieces still missing for me that I'm just like, mm, where you going with this, Blizz? But I'm guessing that even if he knew that was her trigger, like, well, no, let me rephrase that. I don't think he would have given a crap. Yeah, there you if go. that was her trigger warning. Considering that she's a tool that he is discarding to the side, just like he does to Nathrius. Mm-hmm. They're tools on his final mission, and that's all. Yeah. Yeah, there was, there was, a, there was a great thread on Twitter that I, I read. Basically, what they described is the reason why Sylvanas was such a great character and one of the characters that they liked so much, specifically in the eras of Classic, BC, and Wrath. And afterwards, things changed. Edge of Night. Right, 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 right. You get the idea. Okay. Now, here's the main reason why things really changed or, you know, why they why it was so relatable to so many people is Sylvanas and the Forsaken. You got to keep the Forsaken in, in here. All of them went through similar trauma. So if you can kind of think about the Forsaken and Sylvanas, they were essentially characters that were... Uh, you can think about it like almost like a big support group. Sylvanas was effectively kicked out and said, no, we don't want anything to do with you from her her former people. You know, the high elves, eventually the blood elves. They didn't want anything to do with her. She's dead. She's a, she's undead. She's a monstrosity now. They don't like her. Exact same thing happened to the Forsaken. So all of these trauma victims, 
who came together and kind of had a shared experience and a, you know, everything where, where everyone knew what everyone else was going through and they had that connection to each other, right? It's one of the reasons why so many people were gravitated to Sylvanas and they really liked the character because they could see themselves, you know, follow, following someone like that, you know, a very charismatic, very powerful leader saying that I know what you went through, follow me, we will forge and form a new life together, right? And then Cataclysm came along and things took a turn, right? Right, yeah. So anyway, that's that was my whole thing. That's a thought. I really yeah. I really liked the whole thread talking about the, the shared trauma between the Forsaken and Sylvanas. And and it's also one of the reasons why I'm like, I don't I'm I'm still I'm still a little leery and, and curious to see where this where this whole story goes. So anyway, I'm just missing some context and I thought I would throw that in there because I was as I was reading through the entire thread describing it and everything like that, it made me go, You're right, that is why I like her. <laughs> right. Uh, are you ready to move on to the next one or do you have anything else you want to add? Well, I was going to ask if you had anything else to add because I ain't got anything else to add. Nope. Nope. Until until we have more context and just kind of see because we, we have the cutscene with a big red X through it but we have the voice lines that go with it. We don't know the before and the after and all that so until we have that I got nothing. All right. Well, let's go on to the next one then. All right. So in this conversation... We get some dialogue between Sylvanas, Uther, and Jaina as they figure out what to do now, how to stop the Jailer, if they can save Anduin, blah, 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 blah. Kind of gives us an idea of where things are going to go. So here's a small bit of that conversation. If the Jailer has breached the Sepulchre, then he is but a breath away from enacting his plan. We cannot allow that to happen. Tell the others... What you told me. You all have witnessed the Jailer's power firsthand. Without the means to resist his domination, we have no chance against him. Anduin may be the key, if we can save him from- You dare speak of freeing him after all you have done! Sylvanas held the Mornblade that bound him. Her presence may help free Anduin from the Jailer's grasp. I will never trust her. Yeah, I'm probably not going to trust her either. Kind of with Team Jaina. But, you know. Right. After episode 10, we all know where uh, my allegiances lie. Jaina. Not Kagar. <laughs> I mean, granted, Jaina is awesome. But she's really quick to slip into her angsty, dramatic, I will never trust her line. Yeah, um, you know. On this. It's, kind of, it's kind of her nephew it's, in, in a way. And it's warranted. I, I will defend her. It is warranted. But I, just, I couldn't just couldn't help know it. Kind of came naturally to her. A little, little angsty there. Yeah, very angsty. That is that is our Jaina that we know and love. So that's a conversation that has happened. Do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, until we know a little bit more, this one just kind of strikes me as, hey, we have the domination. I like the way Patty Madsen said domination. That was funny. <laughs> it seems to me like this is one of those, uh, probably one of those quests chapters where you're talking about before you make it into the sepulcher, right? And it's like, oh, we got a free, we got a free Anduin, baby, baby, baby. And then it's probably going to be another similar discussion after we deal with free whatever happens with Anduin. 
you know, you know that you know that right. interim week yeah. that we kind of talked about that uh, last time. Right, right, right. That's probably where that's going to play out next. So put it put a pin on the part where she's talking about how we need some way to kind of get away or get around or get over, you know, his domination stuff. I forget what the exact wording on that was, but that's it's that vibe. Because something happens in a little bit that I thought was going to be at the end of things, but now I'm wondering if it's after this little voice clip. So something I really want to get into, it's just going to be really quick. I just found this really interesting. We are starting to get info about the jailer fight mechanics. And something I, I noticed, he actually attacks Azeroth in this fight. He pummels Azeroth, it says, and plays around in her blood, you know, Azerite, and uses it. And he also throws a volley of missiles at her being Azeroth. So he beats up on Azeroth during this fight. What? Man... Yeah, that's that, that is one of the things that I that I've seen. If you see have seen the image, which you probably if you watched the developer preview, you've seen this image where the jailer is standing in front of a a very big, colorful little plate show behind him, and you're thinking, hmm, that you know palette, that color palette, it looks very familiar. Where have I seen that before? Pretty much all of BFA. That's Azerite that you're seeing a big column of Azerite, and it's one of the. I've seen a couple videos uh, on YouTube. Um, I don't remember who said this, but probably multiple people have at this point. Um, one of them I know is Taliesin, where he was making fun of the fact that you know, just because of the numbers where it's like Azeroth has like 6,000 health or something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hope she's getting some cooldowns. <laughs> <laughs> you would think she'd have more. But that makes me wonder, like, so it... Is she going to hatch soon? Is she formed as a vision or is he just attacking the planet itself? Yeah, I mean, he did say death comes for the soul of your world. So he's being honest. And you have to wonder, what is with a big column of Azerite coming into the Shadowlands? And if you if you think about it, you're like, hmm, that kind of makes sense. If you go back to the cosmology chart and you see those big those big hair loopies right right there that are like attaching the Shadowlands and Azeroth, you're like, oh, right. Well, there is a connection there. You see, there's it's like a thing. Apparently that big, the big loop-de-loop that's connecting the thing, apparently that's Azerite. Hmm? I don't know, maybe. Maybe? A couple people maybe? have actually speculated that the main reason why Azeroth actually hasn't even hatched yet is because Azerite is funneling into the Shadowlands and feeding this whole sepulcher thing. Maybe this is where the whole ephemera crap comes from. Who knows? It was actually maybe it was actually one of the things that one person actually mentioned where they're like, I don't know, maybe the ephemera is bips and bobs of Azeroth that they're using. Who knows? I don't, because I haven't played 9.2 yet. Maybe, maybe. I still like my clay idea, but um, that could very well be a thing. Like, maybe... The one who gathered all the scraps and stuff. Maybe they're grabbing like scraps and stuff of Azerite and repurposing that be ephemera. Maybe. Maybe. Could be. Could be. I'm going to go maybe because I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. I'm really excited for this fight, though. There's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of mechanics. Um, it's going to be a lot to learn, but... Some of the little things like that where it's he's, he's attacking Azeroth proper. It's just the whole thing. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
It is a whole thing. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with that. Obviously, the jailer's got a beef with Azeroth for some reason. I don't know why. It's very strange. Beef. Yeah, a lot of people... It's what's for dinner. ...are very focused on Azeroth. A beef was what was it was for lunch. I had beef with lunch. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> it was tacos. <laughs> beef and broccoli with rice. Well, there you go. Beefy tacos and beefy broccoli with rice. Mm, delicious. Right. Random. Random conversations. Okay, do we want to move on to our, our, our last little voiceover thing or do anything else? I would love to move on to this last little voiceover because this one's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've learned that there is something called a crown of wills. Thanks to the Primus in Bulvar. It's crown of Jen's wills. making crown of wills motion with his hands on his head. Apparently it sounds like that this clip comes Maybe from a time after the fight with Jailer, maybe that's what I thought. But now that Jaina was talking about this whole, we need a way to, you know, get away from his domination and stuff. Let's okay. I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Hold on. Um, <laughs> so this data, my cutscene tells us that during this voice line, pieces of the helm of domination are Stop laughing at me. <laughs> Pieces of the Helm of Domination are being brought together and reforged into the Crown of Wills. And here is a voice clip for it. Okay, I'm just going to say it. it sounded like you were saying, let me explain. No, take too long. Let me sum up. <laughs> basically, basically, just, just play this. It's fine. it's fine. Okay, here we go. Imbued with the strength of those who defied domination. Behold. The crown of wills. That which sought to bind us will be made anew. The jailer. He who tormented so many. Who long ago set in motion the plague of undeath on our world has finally been destroyed. So he's talking about the jailer being destroyed. So that's why originally I was like, oh, maybe this comes after the raid. And so here's the thing, right? So there's this item in the past called the crown of will. And it was an ogre that was able to use it to resist the possession of Sylvanas and to be avoid to, you know, avoid for being forced into serving her. And apparently this was a quest back in the day. And it was to return the crown to Sylvanas. Now, considering that this crown that the Primus is reforging right now is clearly made out of the Helm of Domination, when you see the cutscene, you'll s- it's very obviously the Crown of Domination. The Crown Domination. It's the Crown of Domination. The Helm of Domination. <laughs> Just distracting me with hand signals. That's great. Um, I don't think it's the same item, but maybe there's a tie-in because we're talking about it was this Crown of Will was used in the past to avoid being possessed by Sylvanas and being forced to serve. That's the whole thing. Maybe there's going to be a tie into it. Maybe not. Maybe they're just reusing a cool name. I don't know. But see, I thought this came after the raid because it talked about Jailer being destroyed. But at the same time, like I said, Solanus talked about needing to, you know, get away from his domination and whatnot, which the crown of wills would be good for that. So I don't know when this comes in the timeline. Just saying. I don't either. I don't know. Could be be the now. Could be then. Could be, could be the other time. I don't know. So time is not a construct of death. We we don't know. We don't know. Uh, oh man, 
How how crazy would it be if they were like, hey guys, time is not a construct of death. And like all of the events that we were doing were just totally mismatch order. They never made any sense. Time's not a construct of death. You just do it in random order. <laughs> that would make the lore community the lore community would like like collectively have their minds shattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> or it's like we do like Benjamin Button, right? Where we like the first raid is like we defeat the jailer. <laughs> but then the jailer's, you know, he's doing us all like 9 1. And we're like, wait, but didn't we just defeat him? It's Benjamin Button, right? And it's backwards. <laughs> Time's on a contract. Ooh, it, makes me think, it makes me think of Memento because it's more devious. Yeah, there you oh, go. That was, that was good. That was good. So, why is this item being made? Will it tie into the next expansion? Does Savannah use it? Don't, does anyone use it? Like, what's... We don't know what's going on with this crown of wills here. We just know this voice line, basically, because it was data mined. I don't know. It just reminds me of that Venthyr helm, too, where they're the crown, where they're like, nom, 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 I'm wearing the crown. Yeah. I don't know. I, I finished the Venthyr campaign not that long ago, and I was like, okay, we built a crown. Neat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it doesn't even look like a normal crown. Like you think of the helmet domination being reforged. Like it just has more of an orbose, curvy looking look to it. Mm. Yeah, okay. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Crown of will. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe the jailer's finally going to pull the friggin' uh, Sword of Sargeras out of the, the Azeroth, for all I know. I mean, maybe that's some part of the fight. He's going to be like, boy, I got the sword now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could do that, too. Maybe. maybe. I mean, we've been waiting for them to address the sword, so maybe I that's mean, the thing. It was the Nathrezim that messed with Sargeras in the first place. Maybe if we're going with this whole crazy concept of, hey, everybody, so we're the first ones, and we have a prophecy all about the mortals that are going to come and fix everything that we did wrong. Okay. Maybe the Jailer had such a long con. Maybe. He was like, Hey, Nathrazim, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and tell Sargeras. I want you to tell him about the Void Lords. And then he's going to go a little senior psychopath and do the whole Burning Crusade thing. And da, 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 da. Right? But then, but then, okay, then we're going to have the Legion expansion. And I'm like, what's the Legion expansion? <laughs> Don't worry about it, but we're going to have it. Okay? And then, and then Sargeras, he's going to almost chippy chop the planet. But no, he can't chippy chop the planet. He can only <laughs> barely stab the planet. Oh, no. And, and, and then I'm going to take that sword and use it with the ephemera and the thing and then the Azeroth and I'm going to blast it with the thing. <laughs> and the Dreadlord's looking around going like, okay, boss, we'll tell him about the Void Lords. I don't know how you got to the sword of the planet, but okay, let's let's see what happens. And does it. <laughs> And Morganis is just watching the whole thing. Holy shit, it worked. I can't believe this has actually happened. <laughs> right. So here's a question that I just thought of as we were, well, as you were talking. Um, Denathrius. Mm-hmm. So they made a point of like, you know, in the past, they've talked about how they had a short story for him. His voice actor was so amazing that they you know, brought him back for some things. And they made a point in the past to tell us that they like, Malkanis and friends rescued him from the sword and whatnot. Or they took the sword so they could rescue him from, so, from the sword. Yes. Does Denathrius make an appearance in 9 2? I'm going to say no. Denathrius probably makes an appearance in 10 0. <laughs> I wouldn't Maybe. be surprised. I don't know. Like, I don't, I just now realize, like, there's, now granted, we haven't seen all the data mining from 9.2 yet. 
and we haven't not even all the chapters aren't even on the PTR yet. Like we really don't know everything 9.2 and we don't know if there's going to be like a 9.25 to help bridge the gap, blah, blah, blah. Like where's it's been hinted that the Denath race is coming back. Where's Daddy D? What's Daddy D up to? I don't know. What's Juan Somni up to? I mean, and what's Vol'jin He's up hanging. To? Does He's also... Vol'jin's learning how to be a Loa, and Juan Somni is... He's chilling. I'm just he's saying. He's doing his Juan there, things. There are threads. Hey, man. I'd be chilling. There are threads, and they are loose, and then 10.0 is going to come along, and then Allie and Jen are going to be like, here's what you need to look out for. Remember Malganus watch? Now we're on Buon Somni watch. And Vulgin watch. And Zalatath watch. Because, yeah, I'm still on Zalatath watch. <laughs> Zalatath is something. I will say there could be still shenanigans with that. But I don't think Vulgin Buon Somni is shenanigans. Well, Buon Somni might have shenanigans. Yeah. But, like, silly shenanigans. Vulgin, yeah, yeah. I, I, as someone who, something else. As but, someone who just finished yeah. the Night Fae campaign, Vulgin is sleepy sleep at the moment. Oh, he, yeah, that is a thread he's, he's that they could preoccupied. They've basically yeah. said, "Hey guys, we have a thread. It's not loose though. We're just gonna put it over here." And they set it over <laughs> there on the. They're just like put it on the desk, basically. Put it on the shelf. Okay, it's coming back. You don't know when, but it's coming back because time is not a construct of death. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're alluding to. Okay, but Zalatath, that was that was last expansion. We ain't heard nothing about Zalatath. Zalatath was like, "Bye everybody," and then we're like, "Oh, you coming back?" Yep. And she's like, "Maybe." I don't know. It could happen. So, yeah. There's lots of fun things that they could do with this. And I don't know where this freaking voice so line comes from. I don't freaking know. They made a crown. And then they're like, hey, they resisted the will. Ah, I don't know. Very <laughs> dramatic, you know, Primus reforging of the helm. It's it's actually pretty epic looking. Very epic. Mm-hmm. My boss, is, he's pretty epic. I mean, everything he does is dramatic. I mean, have you seen him even when he was... <laughs> little lost in the sauce doesn't know what's going on in his mind whenever, yeah whenever yeah. he makes a uh, a legendary item he could just be like done but no he's like <laughs> he makes a big dramatic <laughs> thing about it well it's it's, ep- it's an epic moment he's got to you know feel the epicness and, and if in his hands mm-hmm. and if you've ever made a legendary cloak you get disappointed every single time that you actually put it on <laughs> true because the cloak the, the, the thing that it displays, it's like it's got a hood and everything. And you're like, oh my God, it's going to have a hood. And it doesn't have a hood. <laughs> it does not. No, no. It absolutely does not. It's just a little flappy flap like they all are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, that's it for me. You got anything else? This is a random side note. I mean, I've mentioned this before in the show. I don't remember. But you know how we talk about time is not constructed death. I've been saying in my offline life that con- time is not constructed of the pandemic. Which is so true. And to people and friends and whatever who play Warcraft, they get it and they laugh. Coworkers and people who have no idea, they look at me like I have two heads when I say that. It's good times. Yeah. And then and then I and then I make them think about it. They're like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Once once they yeah. they're like, yeah. oh yeah, that does make sense. They're like, oh my gosh, yeah. my birthday is just next week. It actually is. It's it's a Sunday. It's great. Hey everybody, it's my birthday. It's true. It's true. <laughs> It's true. This is my birthday week, everybody. Yeah. You can you can look forward to a mushy tweet on um, the Live Laugh Floor tweet from me. I'm gonna do that in her birthday month, which I want to say is March. It is. Good hey, job. I got it. <laughs> here we got his birthday pre- present for me, so it's it's fine. It's That's fine. right here. You want to see here? Check it out, everybody. It's right here. It's literally right here on my desk, and I'm making noises and things are. Th- it's it's fantastic. You can't see it, but I'm gonna hold it up, and Allie's gonna say, "Ooh, 
ooh, that turned out nice. Because it did. I, I, already, I already took a peek at it. I know what it turned out to be. <laughs> it's freaking fabulous. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Look at this. Look at this right there. Look at that dragon. It's so cool. Right. This dragon. You have to like put a. We have to like post a picture or something so other stores can be like, what the hell is he talking about? Dragons. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. We're talking about dragons. Mm-hmm. I'm in dragons. That's what we're talking about. Exactly. All right. Well, that's a, that's about it. Um, Before we get out of here, though, we have a story to talk about and we have some lore patrons to think. Will you think our lore patrons so I can drink more? Yes, I will absolutely do that. Well, I will just go ahead and say, I would like to say thank you very much to all of you who have... Take the time to go on to patreon.com slash live, laugh, lore. You know, sign up for Patreon, get those wonderful benefits. Hey, remember how we always like to say, stay tuned to the end of the episode and we'll tell you how to do that. I'm telling you now. <laughs> That's how you do it. Use patreon.com slash live, laugh, lore. Because I keep forgetting to put it in the notes and me and Allie are just like, they'll figure it out. Oh, yeah, we should do that. Oh, yeah, we should do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Nope. Yep. It's a, it's a thing. It's there a thing. You go. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you very much for our top <laughs> patrons. Very much to Pasta Matt, Kellen P, Mud, Chris Malore, Dungeon Master Burke, and the fine, fine, uh, friggin', you know, bard Raymond that he is. And Anna. Oh, thank you very much. All, all, yes, all thank y'all. Thank you. Fabulous. Fabulous. Let's get to a positive story. <laughs> oh, I have a button to push, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. This is a great story I found about a father and daughter from Denver. So, you know, of course I had to pick the story. They're bringing RVs to people who lost their homes in fires, especially the ones out in California, which is where Jen is. And I actually had a relative myself who lost their home in the 2018 fires in California, but they had a lot of family and friends to help them out, which was great. But not everyone is so lucky. So we're going to listen to this story It's amazing. I'm going to try not to get all emotional. And here it is. On the road again. And our series of More Perfect Union aims to show us what unites us as Americans is more far, far more greater than what divides us. This morning, we share a story of a father and his young daughter who teamed up to provide temporary shelter for those who have lost everything. Jamie Wax shows a daughter and a father who are helping rebuild communities and connecting with each other. Jamie, good morning. Good morning, Nate. That's right. The duo from Denver is driving RVs hundreds of miles and donating them to people who lost homes in the California wildfires. Along their journey, they're learning and teaching valuable lessons about giving. Should we get a snack? Are you doing okay? Yeah. What are you thinking? I don't know. Some healthy vegetarian gas station options? Woody Faircloth and his nine-year-old daughter, Luna, are getting used to life on the road. Look at how beautiful this is. It really is pretty. For the last three years, they've been taking special trips to deliver RVs to families who've lost homes in wildfires. It's a mission they began after watching news of the deadly 2018 campfire in California. I turned to Luna, who was six at the time. She had no front teeth. And uh, I said, Luna... You know, why don't we get an RV and we'll drive it to California and give it to a family so they have a place to call home for Thanksgiving. Luna, you said something very special right then at that Thanksgiving. Yeah, I said, um, Dad, God and Santa Claus are going to be very proud of us. <laughs> and do you feel like God and Santa Claus are very proud of you? Yes. <laughs> Faircloth began looking for RV donors 
and was amazed by how many people wanted to help with unwanted RVs or their time. We have volunteers all over the country that have helped us. We have people right now that are answering emails and processing uh, paperwork for, for these donations. I mean, it's just raise your hand and say, hey, I'd like to help. They can come home and make a home-cooked meal. And Dad and daughter have personally delivered about 20 RVs to folks in need, mostly firefighters, first responders, and veterans. And he's helped arrange around 100 donations in all. But it's also been an opportunity to teach his daughter. Oh, look at the palm trees. Everywhere along their trips are reminders of the cost of these fires. Look at the ground, how it's just ash. And they've developed a stronger bond. It's been really special for the two of us just to be able to spend that time together and to make a difference, just so she knows that it's not just about her and it's not just about me, it's about the people that we're helping. And, you know, we've, we're blessed. Oh my gosh, it's so, like, bumpy. We joined them on a trip from Denver to Redding, California. All right, now we're really in all the stretch. Da, 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 da. They were there to deliver a new home That's beautiful. to Don George, a firefighter who lost nearly everything when his own home burned in the Fawn Fire this past September, while he was helping to save others' homes. I went to the crew and I go, hey, I got, I got to go check on my house, and it was already too late. My son says, I don't know how to tell you. But he just couldn't even talk. He just, he didn't know how to say it. You know, it's gone. George has been fighting fires for nearly 50 years. He's used to being the one doing the rescuing. That's your co-pilot? His role changed when the Faircloths arrived. I got keys for you. Thank you. I got a title for you. When we visited George a few weeks later. Let's look at the crown molding. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. He'd received a second donated RV so that his adult sons who lived with their parents could also have a place to live. All I can say is thank God for Woody. You couldn't ask for a better man. He came just exactly the right time for me. Renewed my faith in mankind. Man, if there was more people like that, we'd have a beautiful world. All of these families we feel like are, they're part of our family now and, and we stay in touch and we, we hear their stories and share their successes. You continue to be a community. Absolutely. And the experience has also helped a little girl grow wise beyond her years. What makes you most proud? Um, that I've made a really big change in the world for a lot of people. Do you want people to see this and decide children and adults that they can do the same thing? Yes. What can we all do to help make that happen? Just be nicer to each other. Uh, yes, oh. yes. How much yes. better a place Thank would the you, world Luna. be if we were more like Luna? Right. Yes. Yes, Luna. Well done, setting a great example for his daughter. She's right, God and great Santa job. are proud. I think so. Yeah. We'll be right back. Wow, see normally it's Allie that gets emotional. I got emotional at the end there, my goodness. I, I got a little, it's a little more teary-eyed when you watch it, but like, the little, the, who, just cutest, adorable little girl ever. Like, she's all, like, teary-eyed at the end. You can see, like, tear streaks down her, you know, cheeks and everything. And it's hard not to get emotional, but it's just, it's a great story. And at a time when there is so much divisiveness and hatred and ugliness in the world, it's just nice to remember that there's these good stories and that there is a great dad out there who is passing on these amazing lessons to his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I distinctly remember the 2018 campfire. I had to, 
I, yep. I had to go up to Reading to help out with some of the stuff that was going on out there at the, at the time because of my uh, position. So yeah, that that was a that was that was a that was a bad one. I'll put it that way. And um, it was. It's yeah. nice to know that uh, people as far away from as Colorado and uh, according to uh, you know what he was saying, people all over the country were willing to help out. So I mean, I mean, that's, that's, honestly, it's the whole point of why we even add this thing at the end here. Is it's it's just a nice reminder that there are. Yeah, plenty of good people out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll leave it at that. And we can yeah. get all out of here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go, go do this now before I get all emotional. Good emotional, though. Good emotional. It is a good emotional. It's a, it's a good kind. Thanks for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster, and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. That song does slap. <laughs> <laughs>